0: Welcome to Fulfilled, the ninth season of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Did you know that there are over 300 prophecies pointing to Jesus in the Old Testament? Over and over, the Old Testament shows us that God is a God who keeps his promises, and none more important, the promise of a Messiah who would restore creation to its creator. We are calling this season Fulfilled because we will walk through just a few of these prophecies and see how Christ perfectly fulfills them during his earthly incarnation. Let's listen in as our guests share about one of these fulfillments today. Well, welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Um, I am here today. We are in season nine, which is our season called Fulfilled. Um, So throughout this season, we are um, looking at different prophecies that were made in the Old Testament, and um, we're looking at how we see them fulfilled by Christ in the New Testament and being reminded that you know God keeps his word. He does what he says he's going to do. So today I'm sitting here with my friend, Esther. So, Esther, why don't you um, share with our listeners a little bit about who you are, what your life looks like, and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so I uh, I live in Miamisburg, Ohio, uh, with my husband. Um, we've been married for uh, seven years On uh, soon. <laughs> um, we have two kids. Um, I have two girls. They're mm-hmm. four and uh, one. Okay. Um, I primarily uh, am a worship leader. Mm-hmm. I lead with my husband. We've been leading to worship together for... Oh goodness! Um, about ten years now. Uh, we started in college, so that's really been kind of a big part of our story, yeah. um, and really where my passion is is music and worship and um, teaching and discipling through mm-hmm. music. Um, so, but I also have the blessing of doing a couple other different things. You know, I get to be a mom, and um, I, I get to lead a small group, and mm-hmm. and because um, I also really love that. I love yeah. digging into the Word, and really love peeling back the layers and, and learning more. So this has been really neat for me to be part of this, to yeah. dig in a little further. That's so awesome. I'm excited.
0: That's awesome. Um, so why don't you share a little bit about what prophecy um, you decided to focus on today?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I'll be focusing on how Christ was going to be a willing sacrifice mm-hmm. Um, And it's amazing, actually, when you start looking, there's so many (laughs) ways that point, you know, different things that point to this all through the Old Testament and then various ways in the New Testament that it's fulfilled that he was willing. Um, But uh, I kind of narrowed it down to two passages in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. I thought really um, illustrated it really well. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first one um, is actually a spoken prophecy in Mm -hmm. Isaiah 53. And... um, Isaiah is, uh, at this point giving, you know, hints as to who Christ is going Mm -hmm. to be, what he's going to do with his ministry, all these different things. And one of the things he says is in Isaiah 53 verse seven, and he says, um, that Christ will be oppressed and afflicted, but he won't open his mouth. Mm -hmm. He'll be like a lamb led to slaughter and he will be silent. Um, which is pretty vivid, (laughs) obviously, um, and uh, so, you know, that really paints a pretty vivid picture of mm-hmm. a willingness um, there. Uh, the other passage is much further back in Genesis 22. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the story where God has asked Abraham to sacrifice mm-hmm. his beloved son, Isaac. Mm-hmm. And it's, this story is incredible, actually, because it, it foreshadows so many mm-hmm. details of, of the crucifixion. And, and when you start reading, I even discovered more <laughs> in, in my reading um, study of this that I hadn't realized before. Um, but uh, as the story goes, you know, Abraham is taking Isaac um, up to a mountain um, to sacrifice his son <laughs> to the Lord um, in faith. And um, they get to the bottom of the mountain. They had brought some... Um, Hand, you know, manservants Mm -hmm. with them and things like that. And so they. he's going to go up with Isaac alone. And Isaac asks him a question at that point saying, well, what about the sacrifice, Mm -hmm. you know? And then Abraham says something that I don't think he realized was really prophetic, but really was. And he said, God will provide for Mm -hmm. himself the lamb for the sacrifice. And, you know, mere verses later, we see that God does that Mm -hmm. in that moment where he, you know, Abraham is ready to sacrifice his son. God stops him and says, "Look over here. Here's this mm-hmm. ram that I mm-hmm. provided for you." Um, and so, you know, that obviously is a picture of God's um, provision of a sacrifice. And but it it points later to God's plan was always yeah. to be the one to provide the sacrifice, to right. provide the lamb, and we would find that out, you know, mm-hmm. a thousand thousand years later in the yeah. New Testament yeah
0: Um, so one of the things that we love talking about here at Date Women the Word is context. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not just trying to jump right into application, but kind (laughs) of understanding, um, kind of the scaffolding behind that, who, who was speaking, who was listening, um, before we can kind of jump ahead to see what that means for us now. So, Mm -hmm. um, what, what are some of the things that were going on in the background of, um, the prophecy in the Old Testament? So who, who do we see speaking it originally? What what might that have looked like for the people who were listening originally?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so when we look at the Isaiah fifty three passage, this is a really difficult time for the Israelite <laughs> people. They're in captivity. Mm-hmm. They're oppressed. They're exiled from their homeland. You know, their their oppression lasted hundreds of years, mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily know exactly what point in the, those hundreds of years this passage was in, but we know that Isaiah is speaking, um, various prophecies and uh, to them and they're just hoping and praying for someone or Mm -hmm. something to come along to rescue them. And it's in this season where he's giving them hints, you know, of what, what's going to happen. And, um, so I'm, I'm sure this is, probably not very comforting to them to hear something like this, you know, there's going to be a Messiah in here, let me compare him to a lamb to slaughter, which I'm sure (laughs) is not very comforting. Um, I I don't, I don't think they would have really fully comprehended Mm -hmm. what they were hearing at that point. Um, But I, you know, what I love that Isaiah was doing was giving them hope, even if they didn't realize it Mm -hmm. yet. Um, I think as the years went on, you know, he was giving more and more signs to them to know like, God's, this is coming. Mm-hmm. You, you just need to watch for it and and wait for it and, and trust that it's coming. Um, and then when you go back and look at Genesis at Abraham's story, mm-hmm. you know, Isaac is the fulfillment of one of God's promises mm-hmm. to him. And, um, you know, he had tried to fulfill God's promise on his own by, you know, he slept with Sarah's handmaiden, tried to have a child through her and and that obviously did not quite go well. Um, And, you know, so I think in this moment, you know, there's something cool that's happening here that God does a lot where there's uh, something that he's doing or something that he's saying to a specific individual Mm -hmm. that has a certain meaning, but then also on a far broader scale has Mm -hmm. an even bigger meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so for Abraham, I mean, there's a dozen different things. I'm sure he learned from this, but um, you know, he's reminded that, that God had a plan and that, you know, Isaac was a gift from God. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I think he was reminding him that the responsibility for fulfilling God's promises is God's Mm -hmm. and it's not ours. Um, and giving then a hint, you know, um, of what was to come later. And, and, you know, they, they told the stories verbally, you know, to Mm -hmm. their children and their grandchildren. So I'm sure this story was told multiple times. And I think that that encouraged even the hearers Mm -hmm. with each generation, um, you know, look, God keeps His promises. Mm-hmm. God provides when He says he's going to um, he he gives good things he doesn't mm-hmm. just take or um, you know, he genuinely, um, his plans are perfect and mm-hmm. they're they're gonna they're gonna come to fruition in exactly the way they're supposed to. Yeah. I
0: think it's interesting um, kind of you you mentioned this when you were going going through both of these passages, just how how often the fulfillment or the way something is enacted, Doesn't line up with what what you think it's going to look like, and you know I know we're we're going to get get here eventually. You know Mm -hmm. what what does this look like for Christ fulfilling it in Mm -hmm. in the future? So hopefully I'm not (laughs) hopefully I'm not jumping ahead. Maybe this is just a good segue. But (laughs) you know we see that Christ's coming didn't match what the assumption was going to be for this Messiah, right? And but. But it also is still consistent with how God has acted. That He doesn't, you know, He acts beyond our constraints of how we think things should play out. Mm -hmm. But He, like you said, He always keeps His word, Mm -hmm. and it's on us that we are so fixated on how something is going to play out that we, you know, get frustrated or we miss seeing what's there to be seen because we're so focused on. Well, it's going to look like this, and it's right. going to happen this way, and then it doesn't, and we try to tell ourselves that the problem is with how God is acting, right? But no, he, <laughs> He's always consistent. Exactly. It, it's we. It's our inconsistency. So even kind of seeing back um, mm-hmm. into these examples, like like you said, like you know, a slaughtered lamb doesn't really sound <laughs> all that encouraging to people in oppression. Yeah. Um, and then we fast forward and we see them wanting a political revolutionary for their messiah exactly. and he's not going to look like that right. and they don't like right
1: that, so. because i mean it, our you know our human vision is very limited right. and, and it's very limited to our circumstances and our um and so you're right they we just have this <laughs> perpetual need to control and yeah. um and uh, and yeah they they thought they needed someone to rescue them physically. Mm -hmm. And and God was all about rescuing the heart. And that's what he's always been about. And you're right, had they paid attention (laughs) (laughs) consistently throughout history, they would have been able to recognize that a little more easily.
0: So how do we see um, this kind of playing out in the New Testament with um, Christ coming to earth and what that looks like as a you know, a willful sacrifice.
1: Man, I, again, just like with the Old Testament, it's all through Mm -hmm. there. Um, But I do want to point out one passage because it very directly um, fulfills the prophecy in Isaiah 53, Mm -hmm. and it's in Matthew 27. And at this point, Jesus has been arrested. He's on trial. He's before the chief priest, the teachers Mm -hmm. of the law, um, and the governor. And uh, they're hurling all sorts of accusations at Mm -hmm. him. And, um, and it says, you know, the chief priests and teachers of the law, when they accused him, he gave no answer (laughs) to any of their accusations. Basically all the only speaking Jesus did at this point was to confirm that he was the son of God. Mm -hmm. And then he was quiet the rest of the time. And it says that, you know, um, the governor's saying, do, do you not hear what they're saying against you? And he didn't answer. And th- this guy's like, what is he doing? Yeah. He's so confused. And so this, I mean, pretty black and white directly mm-hmm. um, fulfills that prophecy that, you know, he, he's not going to open his mouth. He's not mm-hmm. going to defend himself. He knows what he's doing. He knows mm-hmm. where he's going and he's just allowing it to happen. Um, uh, but I, another, I think, area that I I really think also illustrates is in Luke 22, when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, Mm -hmm. he's praying, he's sweating blood, you know, he's Mm -hmm. stressed. He's, he's, he knows what's coming and he has Mm -hmm. always known. Mm -hmm. Um, if you look back through the gospels, you'll see him hint to his apostles numerous Mm -hmm. times and they didn't get it, that he was going to be crucified. I think Mm he even point blank says it at some point, you know, (laughs) the son of man will be crucified. And on the third day rise Mm -hmm. again, and they still, it's, over their heads completely. And he knows it's coming and it's mm-hmm. been the plan since all the way back in Abraham's time. And he knows that, but he also knows the suffering he's about to go through. He realizes what's ha- going to happen. And he asks his father, if mm-hmm. there's any other way, yeah. can you take the cup from me? Can mm-hmm. it, it not be my my responsibility, but you know, not your will, not mm-hmm. my will, sorry, not my will, but yours yeah. be done. And he, he still, he knows that's the plan he he can be very emotionally uh, human in that mm. moment, but he's still going to be obedient. Yeah. Um. And and he does. He they come and arrest him not long after that. He doesn't put up a fight. Mm. He some of his apostles try to fight, and he's saying no. Um, this is this is fulfilling mm-hmm. what has been foretold for all these years, and mm-hmm. so um, he allows himself to be arrested and 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 then you know doesn't. Try to defend himself verbally. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, you know, we're pretty clearly points to a willingness there, yeah. you know, where he's, um, he's committed to this this plan and this purpose that he mm-hmm. was put on earth for.
0: Yeah. I think that that, um, that passage in the, the garden, I think that's something that was easy for me for a long time to just kind of like glaze over, you know, when you're reading Mm-hmm. You know, through the accounts for Easter or whatever, you kind of like, okay, this is a timeline, and this is in garden, and then you go, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. blah, blah, and um, a lot of times I don't think I really camped out on, mm-hmm. you know, what happened in the garden, and just seeing, you know, both his humanity and his deity on display there, yeah. like he, you know, I think it's easy sometimes to just approach christ and you know kind of blow off like okay you know he was sent by god to you know be our redeemer but he wasn't he knew that it was going to be hard mm-hmm. and that, that's like the understatement of the year yeah right but like <laughs> this this shows like he was fully aware of what was to come and like how painful and tortuous that was going to be for mm-hmm. his um human side both right. physically mentally Um, and so it wasn't like an easy thing just because he was the son of God to be like, okay, like I'm going to, you know, going to do this. And it like shows how much Mm -hmm. he struggled and even prayed. Like you said, you know, he prayed that if God's will could be done with this cup passing from him in any other way, like, please, can we do that? (laughs) And (laughs) the the answer was no, which sometimes that we know that That is the answer, but then going back to the you know the whole point of this discussion that he still mm-hmm. knowing what was to come fully yeah. he still went you know yeah. even after being told no like yeah. we're this yeah. is what's gonna happen like he still said okay okay yeah here it goes yeah
1: with. it's um it, it really is a big reminder just of how deep God's love for us is, yeah. you know? Um, and yeah, I think it did, It's very easy to downplay Jesus humanity. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, cause it's hard for us to understand that he could be fully God and fully mm-hmm. human. That's beyond our scope to really wrap yeah. our mind around. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's sobering. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, is there anything else as far as like, you know, when, when Jesus was kind of speaking to this and the original um, hearers or mm-hmm. observers in, you know, the, this part of his story um, in the new Testament, is there any other kind of key context things that, you know, we should kind of focus on?
1: Uh, yeah. I think I just would, you know, reiterate what you said a little bit earlier that, you know, they, they're waiting for a Messiah, but mm. they they have their idea of, of what this Messiah is going to look like. He's going to overthrow Rome, he's going to elevate his, you know the nation of Israel again, they're going to be prosperous, they're going to be free. Mm. and that wasn't his purpose. His mm. purpose was to you know not to overthrow Rome but to overthrow sin mm. and death and to to redeem a people's hearts to to the Father and it mm. was such a deeper and more important purpose. And a lot of them missed it because of that mm-hmm. um, and uh but i I think one of the other things that i I loved about this was that um, how he fulfilled every single one of the prophecies mm-hmm. that was spoken about him, and some of them, it seems like were small details that like could have been fulfilled or not it Mm -hmm. wouldn't really have mattered but what i love about him is that he didn't fulfill just enough prophecies to be credible Mm. he was going to fulfill every single Mm -hmm. one no matter how small no matter how insignificant because that's who he is Mm -hmm. what he says he's gonna do he's gonna do and uh he he is unchanging and trustworthy and consistent um and that that popped out at me you know to Mm -hmm. remind me like no matter how small of a promise he's made it's not insignificant to him it's gonna Mm -hmm. happen um So that was encouraging to me, I think. And uh, for those in that season, if they were watching and noticing, I think it would have been encouraging to them as well.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting to, obviously like this season, we're only looking at like a snippet of (laughs) prophecies. I think, you know, part part of some of our background looking at, there's like over 300 prophecies, I think, that were fulfilled in a single day. Um, so obviously, we're we're there's a whole lot more to be discussed than what we're covering this season. But I think it's interesting, you know, when you read through um, Christ's birth in the gospels and then the accounts of his, um, the days leading up to his crucifixion and all that. Just like, you know, if you, if your Bible marks the cross references, like, like you were saying, you know, there's so much in there that's like blatantly, it's Mm. not just like similar, Mm. like it's to the T fulfilled. (laughs) And I feel like that, you know, also goes back, you know, where we, we always talk, you know, in these episodes about like, what, what does this fulfillment kind of teach us about God and why is it Mm -hmm. meaningful for us, which, you know, we'll kind of get into a little bit more, but, um, we, we see, you know, us sitting here today, we, we have the gift of hindsight, you know, we see like, Oh yeah, of course. Like it was Christ, (laughs) of course he's the Messiah, but we weren't, you know, in the shoes of these original hearers and listeners like waiting. Yeah. Okay. God said this is this the guy like, Oh, this guy's coming to power. Is this the one? Um, but then we see how intentional God was about fulfilling blatantly everything that he said mm-hmm. through Christ. Like he doesn't want us to miss it. Yeah. He never wanted anybody to like happen. Like, Oh, this, this strange, obscure fulfillment of the prophecy. Oops. I didn't, yeah, right. I didn't see I, I missed that it, it was Christ. <laughs> Bummer. Like it's, verbatim yeah. there and you know I f- I feel like that mm-hmm. some of that just points back to like God God wants us to be redeemed yeah and he gave us this blueprint for it this mm-hmm. is what I'm gonna do these are the signs so you know how I'm gonna do it yeah and then Christ comes and it's exactly what he said he was gonna do right and we still miss it I
1: think it really speaks to how very blinding mm-hmm. our hearts can yeah. be to us you know that even now, God can be speaking so clearly and so obviously. Right. Um, but if our hearts are full of sin and, and if we're bent toward ourselves instead of um, aligning with His heart, we're going to miss it, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. yeah, and it, it's it's sad that so many people missed, yeah. you know? But um, but there were still some who didn't, you know, right. who saw it. Mm-hmm. And they went on to begin yeah. the church, you know? <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah, it's really neat how uh, you're right. Very obvious he was, and very clear and and um, specific. It yeah. was just amazing.
0: Yeah. So what um, to you? What how is this fulfillment meaningful to you as a believer in 2020?
1: I really um, was struck, you know, just by the fact that Christ's sacrifice. You know, this wasn't Plan B. This mm-hmm. wasn't you know, he had exhausted all other avenues and like, well, this is the only one we can go with. And so here you go. Um, you know, when man was separated from God, this was the plan for his redemption all the way back in Abraham's time and before, like from the very beginning, this is what he knew was going to to be the plan. And I think it's because it was the only way that man would be perfectly and completely mm-hmm. restored. You know, he was, God's always about what is the perfect plan, mm-hmm. the best. He's not just about what's passable um, and that really um, stuck out. I mean, I think the other thing kind of goes along with that, but just that reminder that our redemption was never on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. God was always going to provide the sacrifice. He did it for Abraham. He said, you keep thinking that it's your job <laughs> to fulfill my promises mm. or to, to restore yourself in some way or to, um, to, you know, whatever it might be, to move forward in, in what I've called you. And, and you know, your, your job is to be obedient, but you're not your own salvation. You're yeah. not your own... Um, you don't fulfill my promises. I do that. And mm. I do it in a much better and more complete way than you ever could have imagined. Mm. Um, so it just reminded me that... Um, in that big way and then in all the small ways, um, in my own walk, there are certain things that aren't on my shoulders and I need to be ready to hand over that Mm -hmm. control and that assumption that I need to fix certain things or Mm -hmm. I need to strive to, um, uh, I don't know, with works based, I think is kind of what it evokes in my mind. You Mm -hmm. know, we, we still, even though we say, I know I'm, it's not salvation by works and yet we still kind of act like it is sometimes. So, um, yeah, that was a big, a big reminder to me um, in this.
0: That's awesome. Um, and then what does this fulfillment tell you about God?
1: I think this illustrates really well um, how he is fully just and fully loving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we like to picture that balance as kind of like a 50-50 because that's kind of how we are as yeah, human yeah. beings. Like, well, I'm I'm kind of 50-50, and then I can kind of swing to one side right. or the other based on the circumstance. But God's not like that. He's He's fully loving and fully just. He's reached the epitome of, of both. He, he is perfectly mm-hmm. loving, perfectly just. Um, because I think only f- a fully just God, you know, would demand the full and perfect sacrifice for our sins to the point that it's his own son's death that mm-hmm. makes that happen. Or in Christ's case, you know, it's himself. Um and uh you know only perfect justice would demand that god himself would suffer True. just so justice would be satisfied mm-hmm. but then on the other side of it you know only a fully loving god would um i mean in the first place <laughs> forgive all the sin against him you know that was vast mm-hmm. um and then be willing again that that sacrifice would be his only son his beloved mm-hmm. son you know i think only perfect love then would be willing that God himself would suffer so that we don't have to. Mm -hmm. And it really just shows us that God's justice can be trusted and his Mm -hmm. love can be trusted Mm -hmm. completely. Um, I think it goes back to just that perfection that um, his love is perfect um, and his justice is perfect. And, um, you know, we... um, I think sometimes we shy away from pain as though that indicates that something isn't going right. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case. God has used pain or struggle for our redemption process so many different times. And so I think that's a reminder to me as well, that just because something's painful doesn't mean that it's not God's perfect plan. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. Um, Well, as we kind of wind down, are there any kind of last um, encouragements that you have for our listeners?
1: I mean, I would just say, you know, um, maybe take some time and, and return to some passages that you've read previously, but maybe mm-hmm. not in a while. I think um, this was really cool for me to go back and read some that had just been a while, mm-hmm. and new and deeper things jumped out at me. Yeah. Um, so I just say, you know, would say, maybe try that. Go back mm-hmm. and and um, and look at some some parts of the scripture that maybe it's been a while, or maybe that you've never read, but yeah. um, even some that I think are. Commonly talked about, mm-hmm. and we sort of take for granted. Go back and see what what new things God mm-hmm. can show you about Himself, because um, there's always a deeper layer and more that you can learn about God's character and mm-hmm. His His purpose and His plan.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And we know, you know, the Bible at the end of the day is a book about God, right? And so, you know, whether you're new to studying the word, or, you know, you've been doing this for years, like it's, it's such an easy tool to read through a passage and just ask yourself, you know, mm-hmm. what does this teach me about God? Right. How does this point to Christ? And mm-hmm. so in that, you know, like you mentioned, when you first were reading through the Abraham passage in the mm-hmm. beginning, you know, things that weren't initial Um, connections that you'd seen even though you're very familiar with it like asking asking those frame of reference questions as you approach the text just helps us see a whole new right you know aspect of scripture being living and breathing and right it's not just a static thing so yeah all right well thank you so much for being with us today
1: Esther thank you so much for having me